just different things that I've experienced. I've kind of always experienced a level of scrutiny that has been pretty consistent. And so I think knowing what that feels like, I want, I don't want other people to feel that way. I want them to feel loved and seen and capable and um, deserving and worthy and all of those things. And so it's just, I guess, a part of who I am and a part of my experience. Listen, I would be remiss if I didn't say this. I saw some videos of you in the past and uh, the church failed you. A lot of people in the church, we, 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 we failed you. And so um, as a Christian man, um, I stand in proxy with those people that don't, that aren't judgmental, like some of the people that you've experienced. And I ask that you accept our apology on failing you, Megan. You can make me cry. <laughs> um, thank you. I received that. I am on a journey to discover, uncover, and recover love. Life is about helping others. Dear future wifey has been doing exactly that. You stated that women are to present and not to pursue. It has given us a, a roadmap on how relationships were meant to be by God. There are still black men who love the Lord and their end goal is marriage. Thank you for teaching me how to stay lit, how to be intentional and transparent. You read your, your letter. I cried. I just got married two months ago, and I'm listening to the podcast so I can stay married. I'm Lateris R. Whitfield, and this is season four, These Dating Streets, on the Dear Future Wifey podcast. Welcome to the Dear Future Wifey podcast. I'm your host, Lateris R. Whitfield. Listen, I am so excited. We are in these dating streets with season four. If you haven't made a commitment, are you still shacking up with us? Come on, y'all. Make a commitment and subscribe. I just want to give a special shout out to all of you who have been donating to Kingdom Royale, the luxury home for foster boys. I really, really appreciate it. Ladarian thrusted suddenly into child protective services in 2015. My nephew, black, a boy. The likelihood of being adopted outside of kinship, slim to none. Armani, 16 years old, black a boy with five years in the foster care system before I even knew his name. The likelihood of ever being adopted? Yep, you guessed it, slim to none. While Ladarian and Armani were trying to survive and barely thrive in an overpopulated and underfunded foster care system, I was living my own life, doing well professionally. Having been a single father with a daughter who at that point was doing well in college, it was my time to live my life, right? Wrong. I felt unsettled, tireless, agitated. There are just too many of our black children stuck in ambiguity and in the limbo of the foster care system. In 2017, I legally adopted my nephew, Ladarian. Fast forward to 2019, I had no ties to this other young king, but I felt God instructed me to adopt him also, and I obeyed. Starting over with parenting should have been enough, right? Working with various foster care and adoption agencies to help bring awareness to the countless young black kings in the foster care system should have decreased my agitation, right? Joining the board of directors of Advantage Adoption, an organization that helps find permanent adoptive homes for children in foster care should have led to some type of resolve, right? No, not at all. None of it felt like I had done enough. I now realize that every one of those experiences was laying the fundamental foundation for my life's mission, Kingdom Royale. 
Kingdom Royale will be a luxury, state-of-the-art home for foster boys. Our first location will be in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. We will utilize the whole person approach that instills identity, empowers them to advocate for themselves, and enlightens them regarding new perspectives and limitless options that they thought were impossible. Though the young kings will attend the local public schools that are in proximity to Kingdom Royale, our at-home curriculum will broaden their worldview through participating in the arts, attending various cultural events, learning about and engaging in multifaceted discussions about current events and even relevant historical contexts, introducing them to gardening and landscaping and even caring for our animals on our farm and on-site stables. We just launched our startup capital campaign with the goal of raising $2.8 million. Now, why $2.8 million? Well, in 2017, I created a web series in which I performed random acts of kindness for targeting the homeless community. One of the most notable successes was that one of the videos went viral, garnering 28 million views. However, one of my biggest regrets is that I didn't raise a single dollar to help in implementing a more sustainable plan for the homeless community. So throughout the years, with much remorse, I reflected on not maximizing that moment. I knew if at that time, just 10% of the viewers donated $1, we would have raised at least $2.8 million that could have really established long-term support for the homeless community, or at least started a long-term initiative to do so. This is my do-over. This is our new beginning. Together, we can attack this at the root by specifically helping our homeless black boys who are already disproportionately represented in the American foster care system. I'm LaTerris R. Whitfield. I've been nominated for three regional Emmys documenting my work with the homeless as well as my personal adoption journey. Despite those accolades, the greatest award for me is truly providing the infrastructure for a transformed life. Visit KingdomRoyale.com for more details. Crown a king and make a donation today. God has shown so much favor on this episode. You know why? Because I got some rock stars on the podcast today. Listen, without further ado, put your hands together for my homie, attorney Lee Merritt. What's up, brother? My brother, Latarius. It's good to see you, man. How are you? Man, that's awesome. Now, listen, you are not alone. Another rock star that we have. Put your hands together for none other than Megan Good. Hey, thank and, you for having what, me. Man, listen, it's an honor to have you on the Dear Future Wifey podcast. This episode is titled Politics of Love. So uh, when I say that to you, Lee, when you hear that title, what comes to mind? Politics of Love. What do you, what, 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 what do you think about? I think about being an effective politician to really serve the people. You have to have love your people. You have to have a love for the causes that you're fighting for. That's the first thing that comes to mind. Megan, politics of love. What do you think about? I think that um, we all have something that we're supposed to give back to each other. And we're all supposed to be in service of each other. And to me, that is love. And so um, what we do for our country, what we do for our cities, what we do for our states, um, that is effective to change people's lives is us putting love and being of service. So let me ask you this. When Lee contacted you to be on this podcast, what made you have such a willing heart to participate in this episode? Um, because I think Lee is dope. You know, I love everything that he's been doing. Um, I just have been following him now for about a, 
about a year and some change. And so um, I really want to see him be in the position that I believe that God has called him to. Um, I believe that he will be in that position. And so for me, everything is about, you know, faith without works is dead. So Talk we have to show up and we have to do our part. Um, and for me, it's about supporting him and, uh, you know, wanting to see him win because I believe that this is the catalyst for a domino effect. Why is it important to have somebody like Lee Merritt in the seat of Attorney General of Texas? Integrity. Mm. So you, 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 you've been able to see that in just this short year of knowing him. Yeah, and it's not even that, <clears throat> excuse me, it's not even that we know each other super well. It's that for me, I'm always praying, I'm always discerning, I'm always watching. Um, and, and to me, that's when you can really discern who someone is, is when they don't even know that you're watching, you know, and, and how they conduct themselves and how they um, go about everything. And so for me, that's just what I feel in my heart and in my spirit and I'm all about integrity and all about people being real human beings and um, all about what are people's agendas, you know, specifically. And uh, that to me is, is what's most important. That's dope. That's dope. That's dope. Lee, how you feel hearing us say that about you? Uh, before I knew that she was following me or, or supporting me, I, I just got a couple of tags and I saw that she was regularly uh, posting about social causes that she was in, that she cared about. Um, and, and when we finally connected, it was more um, uh, our, our commonality in terms of trying to be guided by the Holy Spirit. And um, and it's exactly what she said. When you when you're moving according to the Holy Spirit, there's a there's a level of discernment. And I, I found in her a really sincere a person who cared about, you know, things beyond what her platform uh, may sort of pigeonhole her to care about. And so it's been a, 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 um, a dope relationship so far. Listen, I was doing some research uh, when coming up with this title, uh, Politics of Love. And, and it was interesting because oftentimes if couples aren't in agreement with politics, that can cause dissension. Um, have you ever, you know, as you've been campaigning, uh, Lee, have you run into that? Have you talked to couples that one may be Republican and one may be Democrat and they like, uh, I'm a vote for this person. And someone says, I'm a vote for you. Have you ever run into that? Yeah. Just last weekend I was in Houston and a woman, um, a mother in the church walked up to me. And she says, Lee, you have my full support, but my husband's voting for your opponent. And, um, <laughs> and it was kind of awkward because she was telling me why she cared about the causes uh, that I cared about. And it was because it was deeply personal to her. It was about her family. It was about the safety in her community. It was about schools. And, you know, for her husband, it was about a relationship with one of my opponents. And that it was clearly causing some dissension in the household. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I didn't want to be the source of angst in the household. So I told her, give me your husband's number. Let me call him directly. <laughs> Did so. you? Did you call him? I haven't been able to reach him just yet. That'd be dope. That'd be dope. I would love to hear that conversation. And, and if you can change his heart yeah. and let him know that you're the better opponent. And um, that would be a, a huge testimony, especially by the personal relationship they may have with one of your opponents. That would be extremely dope. Um, we're approaching Valentine's. This episode is going to drop on Valentine's Day. Um, how are you celebrating it? You know, we're... I always say this season is a season of self-love uh, on the podcast. I talk about experiencing self-love. It's hard for you to love someone else. If you haven't first done the work and loved yourself. And so uh, Lee, how are you loving yourself during this Valentine's season? 
I don't know if you heard the saying before that the law is a jealous mistress. And my career has been sort of really focused um, uh, or has really taken a lot of the attention that I can give away uh, that I would normally reserve for personal relationships. But this Valentine's Day in particular, February 14th, is the first day that people in the state of Texas can cast a ballot for me as attorney general. We believe that we can actually end the election on the first day, that we can have a, a historic turnout on the first day of early voting and uh, gain the Democratic nomination. And so um, uh, that's where my energy and focus is. I'm excited about it because I have people, I, I'm telling people all the time, she doesn't know this, but Megan Good's my Valentine because we're both- There it is. There it is. For this office, yeah. So Megan, it's no secret that you're going through a transition. How are mm -hmm. you celebrating and loving yourself during this Valentine season? You know, um, <clears throat> I'm not sure what I'm going to do this year specifically, but um, I guess that's exactly what it is. You know, just loving myself and loving God and being appreciative for life and being excited about this next chapter and this next act of life. Um, and then again, just like doing my part, you know, who I feel that I'm called to be and how I feel that God wants me to walk through the world and, and doing whatever it is that, that he's asking me to do. And so a part of that is, you know, encouraging people to get out to the polls. Um, I care about the issues. I care about our country. I care about um, everything that's been going on, you know, that, that really now is kind of being more illuminated. Um, and so, like I said, I really, I believe that it does start with cause and effect and it starts with um, one space at a time and that space continues to influence and encourage the next space and so on and so on. So yeah, I'm being active in the world and um, loving my country and loving myself and loving my God and loving my mama. Man, that's hot. Listen, that's pretty dope. It says a lot about your character, especially when you're talking about going through a transition yourself and you're saying, I'm going to make space to love on people. I'm going to make space to continue doing God's work in my life and uh, tap into causes that can really have a long term effect on other people's lives. So it says a lot about your character. I know when uh, I spoke to Lee the other day, well, just yesterday, actually, and he was talking about um, you've been having an open heart to even do this podcast. I was like, man, that says a lot about her. You know, she, you know, most people think that she need to be tucked into a cave somewhere. Uh, <laughs> but, but you're like, Hey, I'm gonna still live out loud. I'm gonna still serve my purpose. I'm gonna still do what God has me on this earth. And it seems like you turning up a notch. Uh, is that safe to say that you finna go even harder in serving for sure. mankind? For sure. Because I mean, at the end of the day, you know, uh, I'm very, very serious about marriage and I'm very, very serious about, you know, who I was as a wife. But at the end of the day, I have to give God an account for my life and what I did with it. And he's not going to ask me about Devon or anybody else. He's going to say, what did you do? Talk you know? about it. So um, that's first and foremost, my purpose, why I was created, what I'm supposed to do in the world, who I'm supposed to help, who I'm supposed to allow to help me. That is always going to be number one, period. But um and I trust God, you know, and I'm focused on him. My eyes are on him and whatever it's meant to be will be. And it will be all good. It'll be no pun intended. Um, it'll be even better than all good. So. <laughs> all good. All Megan. Listen, so have you always been like this? Have you always been someone that is a lover of mankind or is this, this some new found um, epiphany that you've had as you've 
you know, grown older and matured that, you know, let me know about that story. How did you get to this place uh, from a humanitarian standpoint? Um, I've always been this way. I it probably to a fault, to be quite honest. Um, yeah, I think it, I'm not quite sure. I think a big part of it is my mother. You know, growing up, we had like a four bedroom house and we had about 18 people living with us. Wow. Uh, there were times where, you know, we were just completely like out of money, lost our cars, lost our house just because of my mom's giving heart. Um, and so I've always had that example in front of me. And then I think uh, part of it is just the way that God's made me, you know, it's just like a heart to want to serve and um, want to make sure that people feel seen and feel loved. And especially the person that doesn't feel seen and doesn't feel loved. Um, because I think I, I understand that. And, and at certain times in my life, I think by default, growing up in, in a predominantly white neighborhood, dealing with a ton of racism um, and then becoming a child actor and dealing with a lot of scrutiny there. And then yeah. being a pretty consistent theme in my life, um, being a teenage actor and then being a young adult in the industry. And then when I got married and, and um, some of the church folks and just different things that I've experienced, I've kind of always experienced a level of scrutiny that has been pretty consistent. And so I think knowing what that feels like, I want, I don't want other people to feel that way. I want them to feel loved and seen and capable and um, deserving and worthy and all of those things. And so it's just, I guess, a part of who I am and a part of my experience. Listen, I would be remiss if I didn't say this. I saw some videos of you in the past and uh, the church failed you. A lot of people in the church, we, 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 we failed you. And so um, as a Christian man, um, I stand in proxy with those people that don't, that aren't judgmental, like some of the people that you've experienced. And I ask that you accept our apology on failing you, Megan. You can make me cry. <laughs> um, thank you. I received that. No, that's real because I saw some stuff and I was like, God, we just keep getting it wrong. We just, we just keep getting it wrong. Uh, I had a young lady who was on, uh, America's Next Top Model. She was third runner up and she came on the podcast. Uh, that was last month and people just criticized her so much. And because she had some beliefs that wasn't the typical church ideologies. And I was like, can y'all stop? You will not attack this woman on my podcast. This is a safe space for people to live their truth. Even if you don't agree with it, then allow people to speak their truth. And what you need to do is go into your little prayer closet and you need to pray. That's, 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 that's the mandate. God never told you to go throw no stones at nobody. You never saw that in the Bible. So I'm saying at the end of the day, we have to do a better job of, of lifting our brothers and sisters up, praying for them. And if you ain't got nothing good to say, as old folks used to say, don't say nothing at all. You know, so right. that's or, what it is. or at least attempt to be spirit led. Don't move on your own just based on what you think and what you feel. Like ask God, because if you really want to help somebody and you feel that you're supposed to, God will give you the way to give it to them that they receive it. And not always in that moment, but if it's if it's his heart and his intention for them to receive it, he'll make sure that they do. And I think so often we just kind of move on our own or or just like on a religious mindset instead of a relationship mindset. And I think we have to, you know, like you said, just do a better job because what we do sets the example for the rest of the world. And people who aren't believers are often yes. looking at like, why would I want to believe that? Look at how they treat each other, you know? And so 
um, we just got to be conscious of, of of that and how we represent the kingdom authentically. You know, yes, that whoever we're called to. And and I and I didn't hear the podcast, but I do understand like the way that I grew up and the things that I experienced as a young person that made me a little bit more open minded or yeah. Uh, or receive something that is specifically what God intends, but maybe receive it differently than someone else. And it's not always, you know, sometimes that's for a lifetime, sometimes that's for a season, but I think we just gotta be more gentle with each other, even if we are helping each other, help each other in love and make sure yes. that I told you to do it. Don't do it on your own, cause you ain't gotta figure it out either. Yes. Yeah. Lee, what I love about you is that you're very bold about your Christianity. Um, and I love it. I love it. Uh, when did you first come to know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? You know, I was raised in South Central Los Angeles. And one gift that my mom gave me as a, as a young kid was she put us heavily into the church. I honestly believe my mom was finding Christ at the same time that she was introducing it to us. I, I read a quote recently that says, you don't realize that when you're a kid, you're actually watching your parents grow up in front of you. Uh, but part yeah. of my early identity was like, well, I don't know what everybody else is doing. You know, that might be rolling 60 scripts over there. That might be, uh, you know, the uh, Sulu. But I'm a Christian. Right? So yeah. we, we do things a little differently. And it was so <laughs> embedded in me as a child. And they say, you know, raise, raise the children um, according to certain principles and they won't stray far from it. Uh, that every level of my life I got into, you know, all the trouble that all the other kids got into being expelled. Um, being exposed, getting fights, being exposed to drugs and guns. Uh, but ultimately, you know, my heart was always repentant. It was like, well, I can't do that because I know one thing. I'm a Christian and we do things differently. So we're a Christian. We do things differently. That sounds like a tagline for a campaign. <laughs> <laughs> we do things differently. Um, so, Lee, so I know you said you're, you've tapped into your purpose. Uh, Valentine's Day is an opportunity for voters to go uh, go to the poll, help you win. I ain't gonna say help you win, help us win this on the first day during early voting. Um, and you don't have time for love. How do you how do you balance that in your mind? Is it that you say, well, listen, I don't really have time for love. I'll pick it up after this election. Or how do you how, how do you how do you play that? Because you and I have some conversations and I talk about, hey, they'd be interested. Uh, you um, winning as AG, typically success is looked at when you're married and whatnot. Um, and how do you feel about that, that that may be a level of judgment that you're not married? Well, I, I really feel like my purpose right now is being lived out of my practice and in, yes. and in the next level and running for this office. Now, I have not given up on the idea of a nuclear household, you know, uh, a husband, wife, kids. And uh, that's something that, I, that that I'm looking forward to at some point. And I, you know, as if I were to imagine it, it would have, it would, it would. I didn't see myself in this running for office as a single uh, man, right? Yeah. But, but I think the Book of Acts, where Paul talks about it's better actually for a man not to be married, because you know I could imagine if I were married right now, and I, and I've been reading about Barack um, Obama's run and so many other folks run. It's difficult when you're married because you're dragging that person along with you yeah. uh, sometimes unwillingly, right? <laughs> and, um, and it could cause a lot of tension. And right now, you know, my energy—I wake up at four a.m. I go to sleep whenever I go to sleep, and no one says, "Hey, you didn't pay me enough attention," right? Yeah. Uh, I'm paying my purpose attention, and and it's—I think it's a good investment. Now, uh, you know, 
at some, somewhere along the road, maybe someone will come along and want to work alongside me. And, um, you know, uh, I'm, I'm still open to that, but yeah, right now I'm focused. One thing I can say, you're an awesome father. Uh, I watch you. I watch a lot. You know what I'm saying? I sit around and, you know, of course, uh, people know I shoot all your campaign videos. I shoot all your stuff, but I learn a lot from a man just by watching. I want those people just watch the character of a man. I watch how he interacts with people. I watch how he interacts. We went to uh, Georgia and uh, man, just watching you, you always have time for people. I always watch people like that because I always say, if I vote for this cat and now he's in this high office and now he don't have time for people, he think he's too good for people, I don't want to vote for him. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to help aid him in his arrogance. Man, when I say I watch you take time with everybody that want to talk to you, people that want to do a little sidebar, a little interview with you, or people that came by that want to take a picture with you, you are, you are always available. Why? Wow, what made you what made you become that person? The reason I have some of the experiences that I have, the exposures that I have, it, it was because although I was in a community that didn't have a lot of lawyers, lawyers in my church took a moment, or lawyers who you know ran into one my grandma, right? And yeah. she was bragging about her grandson, and they took time for me. It was mentors, it was big brothers, and community investment uh, that gave me the opportunities that I had. Uh, to sort of make it out of uh, the inner city trap, and so yeah. in, in the same way, uh, I'm I'm, a, I'm excited every opportunity I have to pour into someone, particularly youth. I, I love talking to kids, working with kids. Um, you know, they're so full of potential and ambition, and sometimes they just need to be steered in the right direction. And so, if if God can use me for that, I see that as as an opportunity for me. Hey, Megan. So we shot this one video where we went to this school. And when I tell you, see, Lee, I don't know if you know, but Lee used to be a school teacher. So we went to this school and I watched him just fall into his old element. And those kids just, I mean, these kids didn't know him from Adam, right? They know him when they see him on TV or whatnot, but they were still kind of like, oh, he looked familiar. Who is this cat? <laughs> and um, and so he sat there in that classroom, automatically went straight into teacher mode, went and spit some bars on the kids. The kids was going crazy. They was like, what in the world? Okay, Lee, I'm going to put you on the spot. I'm going to put you on the spot. I want you to spit something. I want you to spit one of those uh, one of those pieces that you've done, those inspirational pieces. Look, Megan, listen. It's, it's, it's February 14th. I mean, sorry. It's approaching Valentine's Day. I have to do something about love. Go ahead. It's, I have a verse in my mind now. Uh, Megan and I are from both from Southern California. And so a little further apart, but both from Southern California. But I wrote something when I was 16. I'm going to try it on me. This is how I would have flirted, flirted with her when I was a kid. <laughs> All right. Love is majestic, like dignity is given through your essence. Mind flooded with questions, heart beating, palm sweating, trying to keep it cool. Love is my pleasure to be meeting. You need to do more than formalities when love is what I see in you. What is your name? What is your age? Let's have a drink or two. No, let's sip each other's fantasies and toast to something meaningful. My thoughts are racing, but my words are sounding silly. See, you embrace me with your eyes, but you play my vulnerability. Thoughts collide. Like, I already know he's feeling me, but is it just the physical? Let's test the soul's ability to touch my heart and start to fill me with an energy, nothing but human tendencies. This thing called love is killing me. Love. Give to You remember that from when you were 16? I memorized everything I've written before, yeah. That is crazy. That's beautiful. Thank you. Meg, what do you think about that? 
And it was beautiful. I was like, I was, you know, I'm like bars. I'm like, wait, this is kind of like spoken word as well. I'm like, yeah. You know, poetry. I was like, it's beautiful. So when you were 16 years old, would that work? Would that worked on you? Maybe. <laughs> maybe. Yeah, probably. Maybe. Are you are you a fan of the arts? Well, of course, you're a theater, but as far as poetry and stuff like that? Yeah. So uh, when me and my best friend were like 17, we would we couldn't get into anything else. So we would go to the poetry lounge um, and my friend Dante Bosco and Amari Hardwick when he was younger. Uh, we would all hang out at this poetry lounge and, and just listen to people. And um, and I think I did one, but I can't remember it. <laughs> but, um, about, but say, yeah. about, to get, about to get Megan doing a, uh, a premiere of a poem or something. Oh, you got bars? Meg, let's go. Oh, no. <laughs> He's trying to challenge I, I got you. prepared. I don't remember. <laughs> exactly. I, I think it was uh, Love Jones that did it for me when uh, when that movie came out and I saw yeah. Uh, our brother up there on the mic, I was like, yeah, I want to do that, right? And, and yeah. you know, we, was, we were raising the No Limit Soldier generation, so everybody thought they had bars. Anybody <laughs> who had the instrumental was a rapper. So. <laughs> you better talk about it. You did talk about it. Um, and so when you when you look at this, as you, as you look at this next era of your life, Lee, we're going to claim it, like Megan said earlier, we're going to claim it that you're going to sit in that seat as AG. When you think about that, uh, and you think about the trajectory of what God allowed you to accomplish. Um, man, you've tackled some of the biggest cases that we've known. Um, when you look back on that and look where God is taking you, what does that tell you about your personal relationship with God? You know, the Bible says the steps of, of the righteous are ordered. How does that speak to you as a man? I think it speaks towards God's grace, mercy and favor. I wish I could say, well, you know, it's because I put in all that work on my knees and memorize all those scriptures and live right. Uh, but I yeah. made a lot of mistakes, right? I like all of us. And uh, when I should have been finished, when I shouldn't have graduated high school, when I should have uh, been moved into that juvenile program, God always opened up one more door and gave me another chance. Um, and and then in my professional career, you know, when we were facing insurmountable odds, bringing lawsuits against law enforcement officers in Texas, of all places, where people say, well, this is where your career has went to die because police officers aren't held accountable in Texas. We were able to quadruple the rate of officer accountability. We were able to win cases and win over communities and change my hearts and minds, change policy. And so now, I, honestly, when I think about my relationship with God, I'm like, y'all probably should step out of the way <laughs> because, uh, you know, whatever God is about to do, it's on him. It's not on me. You may not be intimidated by me, but, you know, go look at what he go check his track record. Talk <laughs> about know? it. He's pretty good at this uh, this thing. <laughs> so uh, so I, I have, you know, uh, uh, confidence that goes beyond understanding at this point. But it's, it's the, you know, the testimony of David. I already beat the lion and beat the bear. I'm not going to let yeah. some Philistine stare me down. So. Ooh. Shoot, boy. I like that. Megan, you look back over your life. Uh, you just turned you just turned 40 last year? Yeah. Yeah, you just turned 40. When you look back over your life, these last 40 years, mm -hmm. the wins, the losses, the the red carpets, the the big movie premieres, the TV shows, all that stuff. When you look back over that, what does that tell you about God? You know, it's so crazy. I think it tells me a lot of things, but 
it reminds me of how much he loves me and how unconditional that love is and um, the ways that he's protected me, the favor that he's given me, um, the things that he has taught me and is teaching me and will teach me. Um, You know, it's like, I, I feel incredibly fortunate. There's a million talented, beautiful people in the world and I get to take up space and, um, and just, you know, just being conscious of what he wants me to do with that specifically and, and knowing that it's not about me at all. However, the love, the love is about me, you know? And, um, and yeah, God is just incredible. Like I said, I, I, certain seasons, like, especially this one, I don't fully understand, but it's like, it's, it's really cool to see how he's honoring me through the process. You know, there's things that I've been praying for that I wanted to do just, you know, creatively or because I'd like to, you know, build my platform so that I can do something that has nothing to do with me. Um, And to see how he's honoring that in such a different way in this season, I'm like, this doesn't even make sense. It's so random. (laughs) Um, But it's like, it's, it's reminder, like, you know, I have you, I'm in it. Somebody was trying to call. Yeah. You can. Oh, now yeah. now, now we, we left off on I have you on. I'm in it. Yeah. And so yeah, just just knowing that he has me and that he's in it and that it's it's so intentional, even the things that, that we do, he's so intentional about how he's gonna use it for our good and his glory. So yeah, I'm just so thankful. I just love Jesus so much. <laughs> and I'm so, so humbled to be um, a follower of Christ and to just know him, like actually know him, hear from him. You know? Hold on, I want to unpack that. You said to know him. You said to actually know him. What does that mean? Unpack that. <clears throat> without, um, without the intention of being judgmental, I think sometimes we show up to church we wear the outfit, we do the things by the book, uh, we go through the motions, we give the judgments out, um, but oftentimes we don't actually know him, like really, really know him. Because I think when we know him, we go about our lives and how we handle each other and all those things a different way. And granted, we're not perfect and we're not not always gonna get it right, um, but or honestly, we're mostly never going to get it right. But talk about um, it. But but when we know him, like we actually hear from him, and we actually hear his voice, and we actually feel his voice, and we actually are in tune to the point of like, I'm about to step here. Oh wow, Lord, you just said don't do that. Got it. Okay. Talk about it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, to that degree of confidence and and knowingness. Um, that that's what I'm grateful for because you know when I was younger, you know my prayer was like, please let me look like one of the members of In Vogue. And like, <laughs> and like yeah. you know my my sister lost her virginity. You know, sorry sister, um, <laughs> she was 16, and I was like, oh my god, I cried. I was like, I just don't want you to go to hell. Like I was like <laughs> like a very judgmental like young Christian, and like I didn't really know God. You know, I was like yeah. doing all the things, but I didn't know Him, know Him. And yeah. so when I said that I know him now, I'm just so grateful. It's like, what a gift. 
like what a gift. It's like the best gift in the world. There's nothing better. So I just feel thankful. You mentioned uh, early on uh, the apology that I offered to you made you emotional. Why? Um, because it's been a tough road, you know, it's, I think for someone, especially the way that I grew up, like I said, I grew up in a community where I wasn't really accepted and loved on like that. And then I grew up in an industry where you're not really mm. accepted and loved on that way. And then you're uh, subject to the public eye and people kind of like, you know, throwing opinions and, and um, assessments and judgments and determining they knew who you are based on this character or whatever it yeah. is. And so I've lived a, a life where so much of who people think I am is kind of under a microscope. And and even now, you know, with, with um, Devon and I, you know, going our separate ways, I initially, so much of what I heard was like, well, she must've done something wrong, you know, cause he's the saint and she's the sinner. So we know <laughs> that she's the sinner. And I'm like, I've been saved since I was 12. <laughs> like, okay, you know, um, and it's, it's, so it's interesting, uh, but I think, it's been a journey to what well, one thing I will say is it has helped me love us more and it's helped me um, give us more grace and it's helped mm. me understand us more instead of, you know, I had a choice. I was like, I can get bitter and I can get angry and I can push away um, or I can choose to build my character and love yes. people when they throw stones and, and pray for them even when they break my heart. And, um, pray for like the desires of their heart and the things that they want and like for God to bless them and you know all those things and so I had to decide who I wanted to be but even in doing that you know you still get your heart broken uh, I'm the type of person yeah. where I'm very authentic I'm always be me no matter what and so I had to learn that a lot of times in being me I was walking out to the firing squad and I was never going to not walk out there the way that I was going to walk out there. Mm. But I knew that, like, you know, I'm about to get, like, shot up and it's going to break my heart. But I'm going to do it anyways. You know yes. what I'm saying? And so um, in the apology, it made me emotional because no matter how I present, which is truthful to who I am, I'm a tough cookie for sure. Um, I'm also very sensitive. And I also am um, very caring and very compassionate and very empathetic, empathetic and and so even when it's not just about how someone makes me feel, it makes me sad for them. Cause I'm like, don't be that person. Yeah. Even if it's not even about me, like don't be that person. That's not who God's called us to be. That's not how he wants us to treat each other. Whether it's me or Sarah or Michelle or Patrick, don't yeah. treat like that. That's not who he's got us to be. And that breaks my heart, you know? You know, that's something that all three of us have in common. Uh, you know, uh, Lee, he has, he, he's, 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 he has a big heart, you know, um, and the reason why he did, I asked him this before, I said, um, Lee, why are you doing this? You know, I, I like challenging people. Why are you doing this? Are you doing this because, you know, this is the next level in your career to be like, hey, this is a, this is a great position. This is bragging rights. What did you say, Lee? What did you say? Why are you running for AG? honestly think we can help more people. Uh, I give the, the metaphor of pulling babies out of the river. I'm sorry about that. Yeah. Uh, I'll start over now. I, I honestly think that we can help more people through the AG's office. I, I give the metaphor of pulling babies out of the river one at a time. And I've built a career of uh, rescuing babies from the river and there's applause on the, on the shore. Hey, you're doing a really great job. And 
I'm getting patted on the back quite a bit. But after a while, it's like, well, this is a little too much. You guys are patting me on the back for defending a family who had a loved one killed by the police playing video games in her house, right? Yeah. There must be a systemic issue that we can fix so that I don't, you know, that, that my practice wouldn't be so busy, you know? Uh, and I, I'm, I'm just not interested in, in retiring as one of the top civil rights attorneys in the country, uh, overseeing the cases of hundreds uh, of, of victims of police brutality. That is, that is not going to be gratifying for my soul. So there is some selfish ambition in there. I, 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 that is not how I want to make a name for myself. And also, like you're not, you're not going to go pursue this if it's not really what's in your heart. You know, what I'm saying? I think people don't. I think oftentimes people assume that their intention is about making it to the next level or whatever it may be, but don't nobody want to do this unless it's what's <laughs> in your heart. Everything that comes with it, you know, I can only imagine you, you have to be, God has to have to want you there and you have to be passionate and it has to truly, truly come from the heart because I feel like more goes on behind the scenes that's disheartening and heartbreaking yeah. than what people see in the media that's like, oh, we got to win. We we were able to make momentum or movement here. You have to really, really love it and your heart be like, this is this is who I am for you to pursue it the way that I feel that Lee has, you know? Yeah. You hit the nail on the head. And that's what I was saying. And that's why I wanted him to say what he told me before. And he told me that exact story is that he wants to help more. He said, yeah, this is great. I can help a couple here, a couple there or whatnot. But we got to go to the root cause. Let me go swim a little further up the river and uh, help cause some change that can change generations to come. And uh, that's what's powerful to me. Um, yeah, man. And so when Lee calls me, uh, you know, <laughs> last minute, hey, I need you to fly out here. We need to go shoot this. I'll be like, Lee, Lord, Jesus, I want to I want to sleep. He said, we, you have an opportunity to be a part of history. And anytime he said, I'd be like, all right, well, let me go ahead. This is history we talking about. So I get this pride that comes over me. And I was like, wow, I get to I get to do something that's going to impact generations. And that's what encourages me. Um, Lee. What's the first thing you're going to do when you get into office? I'm I'm going to smack Ken Paxton. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> 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 our, our current attorney general is really bad. He is, a, <laughs> but I'm not going to slap him. I'm going to slap him with a lawsuit, maybe. But <laughs> another one, another yeah, one, because we already got some. Add to his multiple uh, legal problems, but you know, Texas is facing some historic um, pushes to the right. Specifically, we we know that the the fight against voter rights is ground zero in Texas. I'll say that differently. Uh, Texas is ground zero for the fight for voting rights. Uh, Texans, uh, well, why am I getting so tongue-tied? It is very difficult to vote in the state of Texas. It was one of the most difficult states in the union to vote. Uh, from gerrymandering to lack of access to the polls, to voter ID laws, they purposely made it so that it's, it's um, difficult for people to pull themselves up by their proverbial bootstraps. I think the AG's office is going to play a key role in freeing the vote in Texas. If they actually freed the vote in Texas, it wouldn't be red. I always say that Texas is not red. Texas is suppressed. Uh, because if you look at the census data, there are more progressives. This is a, a majority minority state. Uh, and the population doesn't reflect the politics at all. Mm. Mm. Outside looking in, Megan, what do you hear about Texas? 
I mean, the way I look at it is that it is the Mecca. It's where the world's eyes are right now. And I think, you know, again, I, and I don't know if I was articulating it well earlier and we'll see if I articulate it well right now, <laughs> but I feel like once we have Texas blue, that the rest of the country will be a domino effect. Yeah, we have right to start on. there. Um, and, you know, what someone asked me the other day is like, well, why am I so focused? I don't live in Texas. And I'm like, because it's the Mecca. It's where we're looking. If we can do there what we did in Atlanta, you know, in yes. Georgia, I'm yeah. like, the world is going to be different. Yeah. Things are going to yeah. just start falling away. And so, um, and I think that's what people don't realize. They're, they're so focused on who the president is, you know, and who this, and I'm like, that's that's not where you start. Talk about it. You got to start here. Talk about it. And then that affects everything else. And so, um, yeah, that's just, for me, that's what I want to see happen. And that's why I've, you know, joined joint the fight for whatever I can do, that's however right. God wants to use me, however I can be of service. Um, you know, I may not be able to like speak on it super articulately, but I understand. And I'm like, that's fine. I'm not, I'm not even gonna judge myself. Lord, how do you want to use me? You know? No, and, you, you said it. And I'm gonna tell you, the proof is in the pudding because you posted a video that got 1.2 million views uh, uh, about Lee and, yeah. and, and, and the support about it. I pulled that up before uh, talking to you today and I was like, because I saw when you posted it, but I know it hit 1.2 million. Right. I was like, I was like, wow. I said, okay, that's a lot of eyes. <laughs> right. That's a lot of eyes. So first of all, you know, uh, thank you. Thank you for doing something to help create change in, in my beloved state. I was born and raised here, born and raised in Dallas, Texas. So this is, this is home. This is, this is a love of my heart. And so, um, I thank you. When I saw that, I was like, well, shoot, if she over here doing this and she don't even live here, come on, these people in the, in the state of Texas got to get up and do something. You know what I'm saying? Because we're going to complain when it doesn't work out in our favor. But it's like, what did you do to help affect change? Nothing. You and know, that's so. all it's about. It's like we all want to we all want to play our, our part. You know, we all look yeah. at whoever it may be, Tupac or whatever, like, man, you know, he was 26. I'm like, look what he put into the world. And like, yes. and it's like everyone wants to do their version of like how they can help and put something impactful into the world. And I'm like, then get up and do it. That's right. Period. And what are we waiting on? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Meg, you said something, you said something earlier where you said that um, it's something that you're working on. I don't know if this is, you're ready to release whatever this is, but you said something that you work, they're working on that's bigger than you, that has nothing to do with you. Mm -hmm. What is that? Are you, are you at liberty to, to speak on that? You know, <clears throat> it's a ever, it's an ever evolving thing, you know? Um, so even I'm not sure of like what the fullness of it is yet. Um, but I mean, it's, 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 it's a life purpose thing. So mm -hmm. um, yeah, I'm not able to tell you exactly what it is yet. Cause I don't know the fullness of it. Cause it's it ever yet. evolving. Yeah. So you're saying that you just you're starting to tap into this frequency with God where he's just downloading little bits of pieces and yeah. ordering your steps to be connected to this person, connected to this opportunity and all that. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's interesting because I said a prayer when I was 19. Um, I was in a, a tough space in my career and I was like, I didn't even ask God if this is what I'm supposed to be doing. <laughs> and So I was like, all right, Lord, like I want what you want for me more than what I think I want for myself. So I lay it on the altar. I don't have to be an actress. I don't have to be, 
you tell me what you want me to do because that's how I know that I'm going to win and that I'll be in alignment. Um, and that was the first time that God was like, no, this is what you're supposed to be doing, but it ain't about you. It's bigger than you. You get to do this, you know, but this is really the, the platform for the thing that I want to do with you. That's has nothing to do with what, you know, acting, whatever. And so <clears throat> it's always evolving to me in every season. And especially in this season, I'm like, this is a totally different season where I'm like, what's happening, Lord? You know, and, and it's cool. It's really interesting to see the way that he's revealing himself to me and the things that he's teaching me um, in this season that I that I have to admit that as liberal as I am, a part of me had some religious thinking on some things as well. And so I'm just like, all right, Lord, I'm letting, look, it's your way. Yep. You know, you know, only you can say what it is, period. And so, um, yeah just more things being revealed and just in different seasons and just want to be usable for the kingdom and, you know, want to get the, the well done, you know, when I'm out of here. So let me tell you something. Brother, this is a fun fact. Go ahead. Do you, exactly. we've held you for 45 minutes. Do you mind if I ask her a few questions before uh, we let her go? Go ahead. And I'm going to say this one last little point before we give, uh, and then you'll take over. Uh, All right. Here's a little, here's a little fun fact, uh, Megan. So, First of all, I've always wanted to meet you. I went and shot Kenny Lattimore's wedding in 2020. Kenny Lattimore is my best friend. He toured around in my national plays. And so I shot his wedding. Of course, Devon officiated it. Me and him was talking and all that. And I was like, where is, where is Megan at? And, and you weren't there. And so fast forward, I kept saying, I want to get Devon and Megan on my podcast. And then the omniscience of God. Here you are sitting on the podcast. So that's what I mean by God's divinity. That happened in 2020, March of 2020. And then here it is, uh, February of 2022. And here you are. Lee, pass it to you. Pass the oh, witness. Pass the witness. <laughs> pass the witness, Your Honor. <laughs> oh, man. And, and of course, I had a complete brain fog. Uh, well, I'll jump to something else that I've been talking about. I've been watching your show recently, Harlem. Yeah. Uh, and then we, we've talked about it a little, but you play a professor uh, who's also kind of in the activist space. And so a lot of the places you end up remind me of being an attorney that ends up in the activist space a lot. <laughs> uh, and you, you end up around organizers uh, who, you know, sometimes the uh, I don't know how to put it up without offending someone. <laughs> <laughs> the people organizing um, um, or who are responding to a crisis. Yeah. Are sometimes less informed than the professor. Right? Yes, yes. <laughs> they don't know that. Um, have you found that in your real life? Like, it was was that a part uh, something you identified within the script, or was that just something? Yeah, I think I do find that in real life, and I, and I think that's why it's important to be self aware. Yeah. Um, and to understand that you know, like I said, I'm like, look, I may not be articulating this perfectly, or, or you know, but. I think it's important to be self-aware and it's, it's important to understand what role that you play. And sometimes it's not to be up there speaking. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes you're not completely informed. You know, you know what you know. And if you want to speak on that, great. But if you don't know, shut up. <laughs> Just don't do it. Um, you know, I can say that. Uh, and, you know, if it offends somebody, that's too bad. But, uh, <laughs> But well, because I think that oftentimes people are very ill-informed or they take up a, a mantle that God has not called them to and they speak in a way that really confuses things. Um, and so I just try to be conscious of like, 
I might not be the one, you know, as Tupac said, but I might be the one that helps the one, you know, yes. or I might be the one who helps give a platform or the one who helps set the stage or the one who can push the thing through after the stage has been set or whatever it is. And I think, I think oftentimes we think we have to be the one and we forget that you have to, you know, you have to carry the crown right. before you wear it, if you're supposed to wear it. And it's yeah. okay not to wear it because those who carry it are just as important as those who wear it, you know? Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I try to be conscious of that as, as best that I can. And and people are always like, oh, well, actors shouldn't. I'm like, why not? I don't care about my country. Right. I don't right. care about things that are happening in the world. I don't care about people being murdered. That hasn't touched me. Yeah. That hasn't affected me. I don't have feelings. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. And so, right. anyway, I think it's just at the end of the day about being self-aware and and some people aren't um but i think it's something that we should all work at as best we can do you run your own social i do all right since okay. i know you've been in the news recently yeah. what's your dms like like looking like these days <laughs> <laughs> i just looked at them the other day i was like i'm asking my little sister i'm like who's this person she was like oh so he's a, uh i'm like oh okay like, who's that person she's like oh he plays for the such and such i'm like oh okay and so i'm like oh i know who that is you know and i'm just like but i i'm not that's not that i'm not right now i'm focusing on loving jesus and loving myself and love you and, yeah and you know and and see what god has uh next because i certainly don't want to move on on my own you know I want to be like, Lord, you do it because I'll, yeah. yeah. Well, this is a Dear Future Wifey <laughs> podcast. Would you ever remarry? Um, Right now, I think my my heart is still in so much pain that I almost want to say no. Yeah. But I think when God brings everything full circle, I think that he does have a husband for me Um, when the timing is right. But yeah, right now I don't. Right now I want to be like no. <laughs> that pain, that pain is real. I've been through it, Megan. I got a divorce six years ago, and uh, this podcast was birthed uh, coming out of that and going through the healing. And so this podcast is just me healing in front of the world weekly, and I keep it lit. I talk transparently. Uh, I tell people everything, things I've been through, uh, yeah. mistakes I've made, the idiosyncrasies, and everything. And uh, it's been healing the world. And so it's been amazing. Lee, I passed the witness. <laughs> last, my last question. Uh, th this series, I guess, is called Politics of Love. Yep. And um, I'm, I'm curious, what's the mood in Hollywood or in the film industry right now concerning politics? I think with Barack, we saw like a height mm -hmm. of Hollywood being involved in local politics. And with Trump, yeah. we saw kind of slump. Um, what's the word in the streets right now? Is everyone sort of monolithic, progressive? Are they not talking politics? Are they frustrated with the Democratic Party? At least in your circles, what are you hearing? I think um, the interesting thing about Hollywood is that there's so many people that have their own minds that they will tap in um, and be verbal. You know, rather it's it's D.L. Hughley or or Kerry Washington, people who have their own minds. They're like, look, this is what I think. This is what I feel and they will do those things consistently. And then there's a, a lot of people who, when they know what the move is and they have the marching orders and we will all jump to it and push right. out that agenda. Yeah. Um, but right now I think people are trying to um, get 
the year going. It's something weird about January that feels like it wasn't quite January. It's like February feels like January. It's like, oh, okay, the year's starting. And so I kind of feel a little bit of that. Um, but that also might be due to my own personal stuff. But it, but it feels like a general consensus that people are just like trying to get into the year and get back to work and kind of plant their feet, so to speak. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, at the end of the day, once once we all know what the move is, people will get activated on it. If they believe in it, if they trust it, and if they agree with it, um, that will that will be what gets kind of pushed out into the world. Okay. When we spoke briefly last night, you had some big news. Are you ready to uh, share that for later? No. All right. Yeah, yeah. I'm not about it. All right. <laughs> Moving quickly past. However, Texans will be able to see you the week after early voting starts on February 20th. Yes, yes. Committing to that on, on camera now. I don't care what. We got you okay. committed, Megan. <laughs> All right. Well, I look forward to catching up with you then. Thank you so much for joining me and my brother Terrace on the show. Thank you. Uh, thank you. And, and for all your investment in Texas politics. As well. I need y'all. We need y'all. You need you to go out there and vote because we are constantly talking about the change that we want to see in the world and the things that we want to be different. And we have an opportunity to play a role in that. And it starts now. And it starts in this moment and everything else is an outgrow and an outpour of what we do. So show up, um, play your part, show up, get other people to show up, give them rides, take your mom, take your sister, take your husband, take your wife, take your best friend, make it a party, you know, bring some snacks, like do what you got to do, but show up because everything that you've been asking for to change and to see and to do you have the opportunity right now to do your part in making that happen. Um, so I encourage you, show up, vote for the right one, um, and be the difference that you really, really want to see. Lee, why is it important for people to go and vote early voting? Most people don't appreciate that most elections are already decided before election day, uh, particularly here in Texas, the early vote it, it will establish who wins this race. We want to win this race in early voting. Uh, we know that we have the numbers to do it. If black and brown voters alone began to show up to the polls, uh, the election outcomes will change dramatically. But we're asking all Texans, everybody who is an eligible voter, to take a moment on Valentine's Day and show love for the, our democracy and come out and cast your vote for Lee Merritt as your next attorney general. Listen, man, it was an honor talking to y'all. You talked about how much... Uh, we asked about what does it look like when God loves us or whatnot. This right here for you uh, giants to be on the Dear Future Wifey podcast. This podcast is literally my journey as I discover, uncover and recover love. And so to have you uh, pour into me, I take this personally. This is a pouring and I always glean information and jewels from people as they begin to drop these gems. And so, Lee. I salute you, brother. Keep doing what you're doing. It's an honor working with you on your campaign. It's an honor to serve you uh, as you become our next attorney general in the great state of Texas. Uh, Megan Good, been watching you for years. You're an awesome, awesome woman of God. Uh, God is going to use you to do great exploits. Uh, I speak blessings over your life. I speak healing. I want to send this healing energy uh, from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet as you begin to be washed in his love, washed in his grace. Uh, and um, 
you're going to come forth as pure as gold. You're going to become someone totally different as you've gone through this storm. And so I thank you. Keep doing what you're doing. Thank you for blessing the podcast. Hey, y'all give it up for my buddy, Lee Merritt and Megan. Heavenly Father, I lift up Megan and Devon. These are your children. And God, I ask right now in the name of Jesus for you to just heal their hearts. Touch them from the crown of their head to the soles of their feet. Let your anointing take over. Let your purpose take over. Lord, let your love take over and fill their hearts with more of you as they transition through these tumultuous times. God, you are still God. You have a purpose for them individually. And God, you said that he that beginneth the good work shall perform it until the day of Christ. Let your power reign. We thank you in advance for the testimony that's going to come forth from them. Having gone through this, you're going to make them stronger. And God, we thank you. We thank you. We rebuke the spirit of judgment from outside forces, from people who have inserted themselves into their love journey. We rebuke that right now in the name of Jesus. Let the body of Christ wrap around them in love. In love. In love. Let us wrap around them in prayer. In the name of Jesus. And we'll be so careful to give you the praise, the glory, and the adoration because you are still God and God all by yourself. And we thank you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Today is Valentine's Day. So Valentine's Day hits a little differently for us singles. I just got finished doing a, an amazing soiree, a self-love soiree. You'll see that episode on this Wednesday. Had an amazing panel. Um, God showed up. He showed up and showed out on that. Uh, but shout out to you singles. Shout out to people that are married. Um, I want y'all to embrace love. Love on your spouse. A little extra today. Singles, love on yourself. A little extra today. Dear future wifey, I will love you extra on the days you feel unloved. In those times when your insecurities try to get the best of you, you will get the best of me. I will make a withdrawal from the love account and remind you of how God favored me by blessing me with you. I was built for this. I was built to handle your insecurities without taking it personally. I was built to tap into my Lord and Savior and replenish us when we're running on E. E for us isn't empty. It's enough. We'll never settle for enough. We'll never function in just enough. Our bar will be set for more than enough. Overflow. We'll fight the urge to just stay married for marriage's sake and live happily ever after. We'll bask in our purpose. We'll recommit to one another in moments of dissension. We'll stay vigilant and identify small issues before they become bigger. Work isn't fun, but it's vital. It's necessary. I'm preparing to love you intricately, your future hubby. Thank you for listening to the Dear Future Wifey podcast. Remember, be lit. Live intentionally and transparently. And don't stop loving. Make sure to subscribe to our Dear Future Wifey YouTube channel.
We're available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. We welcome your support. Simply share our podcast with your friends and family.